Konnichiwa and welcome back to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug the Translator and in this week's episode we're going to go through round one of the Japan Rugby League one and also preview round two with a great Ed Quirk. Let's go! Welcome back everyone. Just waiting on the Kirkmeister. Oh, you got me, bud. Kirky. Fuck. How good. How good. Go the Warriors. Hey, <clears throat> fuck the Warriors. I was actually hoping that you weren't going to um, have that T-shirt on. And uh, here we are. So thanks for everything. Um, appreciate it. Good luck for the season. Let's cut in. Nah, bud, thanks for, thanks for hanging around and waiting, mate. I've had a bit of a day, actually. Yeah. I uh, saw a few things on your Instagram. It looked pretty intense. Well, the, the weights I was lifting or, or what? Um, and then you had to lift something else as well. Yeah, someone that wasn't me missus, and um, we'll see how that all goes down. <laughs> um, but, yeah, uh, is there a name for that way you hold them in English? Because there's a name in Japanese, but... The way you pick them up? Yeah. Bro, you know as well as I do, picking a, a woman up like that is, there is a way to say it in English. It's fucking creepy. <laughs> yeah. Bro, they were like, lift her up. And I was like, what do you mean? Like a fucking under her arms. And they're like, no, nah, like scoop her up. I was like, oh, and she was just like, <laughs> you know, doing the, the whole laugh. And I was like, oh, oh you, I don't know if you saw the video, but it yeah. was like, you see me looking like you actually want me to do it. And then I was like, is she going to jump or am yeah, I going to have yeah. to pick her off the ground? And then she like sort of touched me. I was just like, oh, let's just get this over with. I just scooped her up and then, you know, the old, oh, see, oh, you're so strong. And I'm just like, man, like if you did this at home, you'd have the coppers coming within like 20 minutes, man, like put that lady down, like you've been getting done for assault. Oh, man. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I think they called it. What's the saying in Japanese? Um, oh, what was she saying? No, no, what, what oh. you said, like, there's a saying for it in Japanese. Um, it's, Ohime-sama dakko, and dakko means, like, to, I guess, lift someone up or piggyback or something, but, um, hime-sama, ohi, ohi, I can't even say it, ohime-sama is a princess, so it's how you hold a princess. So, it's got, like, a, I guess, a positive connotation in Japan, like, yeah, everyone wants so, that to happen to them, I guess. Or in regards to a female. Mm. Um, yeah, so they want, it's like you're saying they're a princess almost. Okay. Mate, well, apparently she's extremely, fa- uh, she's retired now from competition, but apparently she's a famous golfer and she's local here from Hiroshima and played on the, the women's PGA and is the, you know, gold standard for golf. So, and I made a joke. I was like, oh, can you get me a present? Can you get me a whole set of Callaway clubs? She's sponsored by Callaway. Yeah. She didn't even bat an eyelid at my joke. Eh? I was like, no, I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. So, yeah, it seems like it's all on, man. Mate, it's been full on. It's been, you know, I got up and <coughs> did some weights this morning and some off feet, came home, had a quick bite to eat, and then that started at two, mate. It was negative two degrees and snowing. I was... <laughs> It was inside myself at one point. It was so cold. And, uh, you know, it was out there and, like, I had the jacket on that later but had to do an interview and they were like, oh, just have your hoodie on. Mm-hmm. And I just had a tee under there so and had, like, some thin trackies on. So 
freezing, and that went from two to five. Jeez. And then um, finished up, came home, made a, a quick coffee, grabbed my gear, and then you've probably seen the other video. I was just doing my warm-up exercises and the camera was in there filming me and the boys were getting stuck into me about the weight I was lifting. But, um, you know, it's for for rehab and that. I'm, I'm not out there to push huge tin. And and then the guys, <laughs> the guys were filming me. So all the oh, – I, I swear, it doesn't matter where I go. Like, I haven't been here long. People just love giving me shit, eh? <laughs> I think it's a universal thing. Like, I've, I've met some really good guys here and I'm actually good mates with a couple of them already. But, like, it just doesn't take guys long to start filming me and giving me shit. Like, even the like people, uh, I put it up and a lot of the Japanese boys are texting me saying the same thing. They're just like, oh, like, even people hate you at your new team. Like, you've just gotten there. And... I sort of messaged one of the boys, Bondi, before. I was like, man, I fucking, everyone hates me here too, eh? It was just like Reds, Sunwolves, Cannon. Like it's just been a recurrent. My mum and dad, my wife, my kids. Like just seems to be a bit of a recurring thing. I don't know if I don't know if we're recording, but this is some gold, mate. Yeah, I uh, I pushed record before we actually uh, before you came on, so because I wanted to record the intro, and then yeah, I was actually going to be like. You know, uh, we're going to start recording, but just gone into some great stories. So I might as well just keep them all in there, I guess. Yeah, bud, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, so she's been a <laughs> it's been an interesting day, and and then did some weights, and then we um, just had a two hour session then, and and then um, was going to do some extras, and I was like, man, I'm cooked, and boys are like, no, do some extras. It's like I've got someone extremely important I need to go home to to talk to. So shut your mouths, I'm going home. Oh man, honoured, honoured, because um, I'm sure the boys would, uh, yeah, do a lot of extras there at Tudin. But uh, last time I talked to you, you're still in your ISO, you just got in that coffee machine. Um, but I guess first, how's the coffee machine? All thanks, to you, all thanks to you. All thanks to you, bud. Let me let me tell you, it's it fires up about three. Look, depending on the day, I'm roughly three to four a day, man, with it now. And look, without your guidance, your help. You know, that wouldn't have been a possibility. So, you know, arigato. Thank you so much for that. Oh, um, well, yeah, added a bit of a good flavour to that uh, podcast as well. You know, it's uh, definitely had a, something new that not many podcasts have, uh, delivery mid-podcast. So, Well, that's it. That's it, mate. Uh, yeah, um, when I had a listen, it, I had a bit of a laugh, eh, hearing the, the doorbell go off and and then you having a yarn to the, to the bloke. So, but it must be a... It must just be a me thing. Like I, um, one of the boys who put that video up, T boy, he's good mates with a few of the, you know, Utamura and all that. He, um, mate, he's been wearing the same gym shoes. Then, you know, the old school white and blue New Balance shoes that like are viral for dads wearing them, like yeah. those ones. <laughs> so it's, he's got a pair of them, and they're. I asked him. I said. I looked down. I said, mate. You can't, like, surely not. And he was sort of, you know, we were trying to get English-Japanese translation across. And I was just like, man, they're terrible. And he's just like, oh, my shoes. I was like, yeah, well, what's the go? And he goes, oh, I've had them for 10 years. And I was like, mate, you know, because we're doing, like, some jumping stuff and yeah. I'm watching him slip and massive hole in the left <laughs> the left front. And I'm just so I'm giving him some, some shit about it. And... um 
you know, and he, you know, we're going been back and forth. So, being the the generous man I am, um, you know, the the Aussie Chris Kringle, I went online and bought him a pair of shoes off Adidas oh, the yeah. other day. Some gym shoes. He's a good. He's a good bloke. You know, we've been out a couple of times on the beers, and and he's always first to to buy me a beer and stuff like that. And um, you know, I've been making jokes to him for ages about it, and. And then he, uh, I've done the solid, and you know, I got myself a pair of shoes and got the kids some stuff to take back. And um, when I was filling in the address, it was putting everything in in English, and then um, it popped up in Japanese, you know, the katakana uh, um, symbols. And I was like, oh, that's got to be it. And I've clicked on it, and it's translated everything. I was like, sweet. And I've been waiting for like a week and a half, two weeks, and I was like, these guys are taking the piss out of me, um, and. I run my mate Use, you know, uh, the um, translator from from Canon, and I just, you know, he called me and we're having a yarn. I was like, oh, by the way, mate, I've been, you know, I've been waiting for this package. And um, I sent him sort of the details and that, and he was like, oh, mate, I'll give him a call. And he reckons it's translated it into just my address but no um, unit number. Oh, yeah. So old mate's come and just been standing there just like, I'm here, but there's no number. And um, and I was like, my bad. And then he said, send me the address that they they had. And I thought he meant like the address they originally had. So I sent it to him and then he rang them up and got it redirected again. But, and then like three days later, he's like, is it there? And I was like, nah, it's not there. I was like, man, Adidas are taking the piss out of me. I'm done with them. And um and then he goes, did you send me the right address? And I said, well, this is my address. He said, oh, what was the other one you sent? I was like, mate, the one that they originally had. And he's like, oh, my bad. I told them. So the package has been sent from Hiroshima all the way back to Tokyo, and it's been re-unpacked, <laughs> and I've had to go through it all again. And I rang him today, and he, I said, is it coming? And he was like, yeah, it's coming. And this is a long-winded story. And I was like, oh, fuck, you know, finally it's coming. And after filming with Old Love down there on the field, I got home at five and I had the little delivery slip in my box, but oh, it yeah. couldn't fit in one of the lock boxes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I missed it by four minutes. <laughs> so it's gone back to where, and oh, mate, I am, I'm at my box downstairs going nuts. <laughs> I rang him, I'm spraying him. So it's been re-delivered for tomorrow between two and four because I know I'll be here. Nice, nice. So... That's a, that's a long-winded story, so all mine are, but it's just me and delivery, so I just muck them up all the time, or me and the delivery man go toe-to-toe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, I've uh, had my fair share of re-deliveries and, you know, all that stuff uh, with players throughout the year, so I don't think it's just you. I think it's, uh, you know, with all the kanji characters, all the addresses, it can be a confusing thing. I even got my Uber Eats delivered to the building next to mine once, and the guy just took it. He didn't even question it, so I had to go around to his place and be like, "Have you got?" <laughs> Wait, my but to be honest, let's be honest. I was saying, if an Adidas box dropped up to my house, I'd go, "Yo, sign, <laughs> thanks, door shut." And then when they came back and said you took it, I'd be like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Oh <laughs> uh, well, this guy. You know? I guess it was like ten seconds after the Uber Eats guy. I just knocked in. I was like, "Do you have my food?" And he's like. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what it was about. And I was like, oh, sweet. So um, I ended up eating it, you know, I was like, oh, it should be sweet. But Yeah, 100%. Did you have a couple of bites out of it? Oh, yeah. Um, there was more food than when I uh, originally ordered, so 
Didn't mean you saw yeah, that. That's Japan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that happened to me in Aussie, but what it turned out to be was the Uber driver just, it was his last trip and he just couldn't be, he just couldn't be gassed coming to mind. It was all these pizzas and food for the kids and old mate just kept on driving and just drove home and obviously fed his family and his kids and, and I rang them and they just said, mate, we gave it to the guy and he's obviously just cruised home <laughs> and uh, had to reorder and, you know, kids went hungry, but I ate, which was all good. Yeah, nice, nice, man. Well, uh, like always, we've started off with a bang, had some great stories. Um, I, you didn't actually hear the intro, but in the intro, I was like, we'll go through round one and preview round two and uh, with Ed Quirk. And um, yeah, I think everyone knows that there's going to be a few stories involved whenever you're on the podcast and you haven't disappointed so far. So uh, yeah, can't wait to get, you know, into some of the code as well. Yeah, some G G-rated stories are always good. You know, I can always flip it to the R-rated if you want, but um, for all those young listeners and the, the the listeners that are listening over in Germany and so forth, you know, we've got to keep it pretty flat, mate. Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, you know where my demographic is. I think uh, Europe's probably my biggest listening base at the moment, so uh, need a Yeah, bit. I reckon this. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I uh, – how is the actual rugby going over there? Obviously, like I said before, you were in ISO last time, but um, how is it training with the boys? And, um, yeah, your game, unfortunately, got cancelled uh, this week. But, um, yeah, how is everything going and how is the prep going? It's, it's going good. It's uh, looked like my first week touching down, I sort of – I just wanted to do my thing, sit back and, you know, judge, like test the water – see what guys were like, <laughs> see what sort of, you know, the coaches were like, what the system was like and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, pretty quiet for the first week or two. But mind you, the first week I had training, I ended up playing that week, that weekend. Um, played 70 minutes against Mazda. Uh, and we, look, Matt, I'm loving it. Like the boys are awesome. They're, uh, they're, they're really good guys. Uh, there's, you know, there's, mate, that's, it's your company, you know, the, every single guy in the team works by me. So they're, but, they're, but they're all good. And, and what I've really loved is a lot of the players of, you know, getting to know me now and stuff that they're all really open to coming and asking a heap of questions, yeah. which has been awesome. Like for me, they're, you know, asking about super rugby and Canon and, and not just sort of like, you know, specific, well, what can I do to be better or anything? Just, trying to get knowledge of the game and a lot of them are asking me, how did the other teams train? You know, like how did Cannon train? How did the Summers train? How did Reds train? You know, what are you doing in the gym? You know, we don't have the equipment, like what bikes and that, like how do I get my fitness up and and that. And I've actually had some really good meetings with the coaches and that. So we went to camp. It would have been on um, a week and a half, or two weeks, two two weeks before Christmas, and they we sat down the week before, and they just said we've never done a camp. Like, can you can you write down a structure of what you think would work? Yeah. So I just wrote wrote down what I'd done before and what I'd known and what I thought worked well, and they just ran with that. And you know, I'm running running drills of training at the breakdown and defence, and bought some stuff that I've learned through. So even the coaches are sort of it's not a and I never wanted to come in and try to take over or anything, but everyone just turned to me and just said, like, hey, we're a Div 3 team and we're trying to become a lot more professional. Like, you've been in the system for a long time. Like, what's your experiences? And I just said, drinking piss, piss and more piss. 
Um, <laughs> and so, I, and look, to be honest, I was talking to the coach today. He just, he was like, mate, the team's just gone like from to another level. Like he goes, I don't know if it's you coming or the way we change things or whatever, but guys are really competitive now. And we just said where guys wouldn't do extras, just guys on the side boxing and injured guys doing ropes and, and, um, you know, in the gym after work, you know, after training, guys are going back and doing rower and, and stuff. And I've sat down with the SNC and just said, this is what I was doing and what I've done and, and stuff. And cause he's an ex player, mm-hmm. he's just an ex player and uh, a company guy. So we've gone through some stuff and now we're doing a lot more power and off feet and, and stuff. So boys still love having darts, but they love it. <laughs> so I've got to take up smoking to be a part of the team, which is all good. Might open the lungs a bit. So, but mate, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I am. It's not as, uh, it's not as hectic as the top teams and it's much pressure, but there also is the element of pressure for the team to do well. Yeah. And then sort of leaping into what you said with the season, obviously, mate, disappointing. Boys were fizzing for the first game. Um, but at the same time, as you guys well and truly know as well, uh, you guys had a really good win against Kintetsu, but mate, this is going to happen all year, mm-hmm. this stuff, you know. So it went from, hey, our game might be called off, we'll prepare, to, nah, it's off. Um, let's just keep an eye on the other teams. And then the next day, both both games in our division were canned. Yeah. So it was just like, oh. And then, so, you know, we've just found out that um, Sanix only have two cases, but they're waiting to hear back if they've got more. And mm-hmm. so, you know, next week might even be off. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and by that time, hopefully another team doesn't have it at that point and so forth. So, and you saw it, you've seen it up in the top diff. Uh, obviously, a couple of games got canned and know that Yamaha's running riot with it. Mm. But... You know, I can almost ask you a question back. What's your thoughts on um, – so, like, Yamaha have got a ridiculous amount, mm-hmm. apparently. I reckon it's good that they've all got it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done. Oh, look, I understand you can catch it twice and, and guys have, but, I mean, from what it looks like, you can't really – like, if you have it, you're not going to get it a week or two or a month later. So for me, Yamaha is almost, you know, got smashed, missed the first game and then or missed the first two and then off they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. And look, many people have got many different opinions on COVID and vaccines and all that. So not going into that, but I just mean in regards to you've almost got to put up the shield. Like we've already been told you can't do this, you can't drink out you can't go to a restaurant you can't drink at a restaurant you can't drink with anyone that's not direct family <laughs> i'm sitting in here alone with no one going holy hell <laughs> the next five months i'm going to be sitting here drinking by myself in the apartment cool oh man um yeah i uh i didn't know what you mean about like um in terms of just strictly rugby and ace if you miss a few games because you don't have enough players to um make a team but most of it's because of close contacts then you know the next week you come out and then someone else might get it and stuff but Yamaha like you said if it sounds like you know so many of them have got it that yeah once they get through this then they might be good for the season so um 
I mean, I guess we have to wait and see how it goes. But if it keeps getting worse and a lot more teams keep getting it, then teams who have kind of had to go through the whole team might actually come out the other side a bit better. But um, yeah, I guess we have to wait and see. And hopefully there's not too many uh, disruptions because I was quite keen to watch uh, a few of the games. I was keen to watch the Battle of the Den, Cuden versus Cuden. Um, but yeah, it uh, wasn't to be. The two of the two electric power teams just going toe to toe. We were looking forward to it, and then um, <clears throat> obviously that happened. But we're sort of looking to looking to Sanix next week. So, but again, I think we might have even got the points because we've come back all negative. So, what about that? It's almost <laughs> you're almost um, celebrated for not being unlucky to get it you know you're almost uh you know gifted points being like you know good boy you didn't get you didn't get sick yeah, yeah. you know naughty boy you got you boys got sick oh, yeah. you know here's no point no points for you um yeah obviously uh q didn't they didn't try their hair after they got out of the bath or something and their mums told them off you know now they're sick um 100 yeah, i heard they were kissing each other but oh well hmm. Um, well, yeah, I guess uh, that's one way to be, you know, a close contact. So you've got to be careful. got to be careful these days. <laughs> I hear that no one, anyone, no anyone down here. Otherwise, it would have been a close contact day one. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I was, uh, like I said in the other one, I was keen to come down uh, and party it up. But obviously, pretty much after that podcast, it just started getting, you know, worse and worse with the Omnicron. And, um, yeah, now we're similar to you guys, like, we can only kind of go out to eat in restaurants and stuff uh, with people that you live with. Um, yeah, so I'm in the same boat as you. Got uh, You can do takeaways and stuff, but yeah, next five months, I think the only time I'll be drinking is, might have to start drinking on these, and I'll invite you every week, and then we can just talk about code. Mate, I've been, uh, I've been watching, oh, look, to be honest, all the times that I did isolation back in Aussie or, or here in Hiroshima or in Tokyo, I was sort of like, oh, it'd be good to, you know, get fit and do some little home workouts and and keep active. My last one in uh, in Brisbane that I did, and I was just getting smashed all the time. It was terrible. It was so bad. And I, I was sort of thinking, you know, I rang my mum and dad and was having a yarn with them, and they were just like, how are you even, like, you're by yourself in a room, locked in, no air. Like, how could you possibly sit and just get smoked? And I was, I was just like. It's actually quite easy. You, you chuck a movie on or whatever in the background and you're just ringing around. You're just trying to capture people and you end up capturing a couple of blokes all link in on Zoom. It's the exact same thing yeah. as if they were sitting in the room. It's it's awesome. It's 2021-22. You know, that's the way to do it. Call your mates and get smoked and then if you had enough of it, I could if I got had enough of you, I'd just shut the I'd just shut the iPad, mate. Yeah, yeah. I don't have to I don't have to ask you to leave. I don't have to ask you to leave or or you don't have to mess my house up or anything. I have a party, you can have it right here and when you're done, just see the later boys I'm hanging up. Yeah. Um had a fair few of those in that first lockdown and I remember like after you log off and just stand around like you're at your house, just, you know, cut ads and you're just like man i'm drunk like never really been drunk like this without anyone around me it's just kind of weird but kind of- <laughs> yeah 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 but the sad thing is if you just keep drinking after it like either when you're not talking to anyone and you're just sitting here in silence having a couple more tubes <laughs> uh, yeah well i've got to uh 
keep practicing i think but that's what this uh weekly podcast can be about and um yeah we can uh talk code we can talk about stories and uh there's been a few i you know got this idea of doing this weekly uh with someone just from uh a few of the leagues who are doing it uh like um bloke in a bar and stuff and their ones go for ages but uh yeah they chat about code but also about life stories and funny stories and i thought who's better to do that than the great uh quirky himself so i appreciate it but i've also been watching um not that we're we're blasting anyone else's podcast on here which you just name dropped you know black and a bar but we won't talk about them <laughs> a good one is uh, that i've been crushing in here is uh i am athlete oh yeah yeah mate give it a watch if you haven't it's the same thing they they talk code about nfl and that but they bring a heap of different people on. You know, they've had a couple of rappers and mainly NFL guys. They had uh, Dwayne Wade and and a few other different guys on. And same thing, they they've split up now. Um, a few guys. They got that uh, Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, mate. He's awesome on it. And they do the same thing. They they talk a bit of code. They argue about heaps of stuff. Food. You know that Ocho's just he eats smackers every day and never had injuries. And that other guy. On their Brandon Marshall, he's like a you know a vego and yeah. a lot of injuries, and they just go to town on each other. And but then they do this thing; they they check in with each other. They sort of say, "How you how your businesses? You know, how's your your family and how's your mental? Yeah, you know." And they have real, real good honest conversations around that, and tell stories about when they're all growing up in the hood and made. And it's uh, yeah, there's there's been tears and arguments and all that, mate. It's it's awesome. I I have a good laugh watching it. There's a couple of guys that are good storytellers and um, mate, one of them, Channing Crowder, he's used to play for the Dolphins. He's a grub and I'll sort of resignate with him. You know, a lot of lot of stripper stories and all this kind of stuff. And, yeah, he's, uh, mate, give it a watch. It's it's awesome. Like the just sort of the overall, the way they run it and the, the questions and and the way that they just sort of steer it, it just goes different places all the time. As you said, they talk code. They start telling stories. They talk. They check in on each other mentally and financially, and <coughs> give advice and everything. It's awesome. Yeah, nice. So shout out to I Am Athlete. Thanks for the sponsor. Ten percent off code um, for their gear for sponsoring this podcast. Yeah, put in a JRW ten and you might get a might get a uh, you know discount. You might not. A pair but, of stocks. Uh, if you don't, it's a problem on there and uh, not on our end. So. <laughs> Man, Manscaped, Manscaped. Oh yeah, they're sponsored by Manscaped, actually. Oh nice. So they they actually one of one of the questions they ask, and they've had females on there. They say, "Do you shave? Do you do you keep yourself well groomed down there?" Mm. So maybe that's the that should be your opening line for the podcast. Yeah, uh, I was looking for one. So at the moment, it's just corny you are. So yeah, hundred percent. I agree. <laughs> oh man, um, how good. But yeah, I guess, uh, like you said, there's so many um, good, you know, real conversations now. It's 2021, 2022, um, you know, great time to be alive. you got all this stuff. Obviously, we're going through a few uh, things at the moment. Can't drink out as much, maybe. But, I mean, we've got the technology to kind of sort it out. So it's uh, all about perspective, eh? All about perspective. That's it. You can always, you can always throw the spoon and say... You know, life's tough and, you know, this sucks and that sucks. But to be honest, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are battling, eh? Like my younger brother, he's got COVID at the moment in Brisbane. 
He was out partying a couple of weekends ago and he's got it now. And I remember when I had it, him and uh, my other brothers were ringing me, giving me shit every day, you know. When are you going to die? What can we take? Can you send your gear back from Japan when you die? Do we get that or do they keep it there? Um, You know, do you, like, will your missus keep your clothes kind of stuff when you die? So a lot of that chat, which is... You know, obviously there has been people past, so, but, um, yeah, I've sort of flipped the coin on him and given him a call, you know, now sticking the boot into him because now he's down and out at home with the big O and he's upset, you know, oh, it's my, I'm sore and this and that. So come on, mate, if you want to, if you want to go out and get on the gas and get your head amongst it, you've got to be ready to cop it, so. And it seems like there's a uh, lot more cases, um, like, they're saying they're talking about cases going up a lot here. I think we had two thousand or something um, the other day. But then compared to like other countries in Europe who are in you know the tens of thousands or even more, it's uh yeah. I guess it doesn't seem like it's as much. Yeah, but, tell you look at it, yeah. Yeah, but then again, yeah. there's a lot of you know uh, how many are actually getting tested and all that, and there's heaps of politics. Don't really know. I just like uh, translating and talking about stuff, and that's all I do. So you know. Um, I don't know who's right or wrong. And uh, that's the best way to sit, sit on the fence, I guess, and not get viewers. You need to be aggressive to get viewers, and I just uh, am always on the fence. Yeah, yeah, you can't live on the fence, mate. I'm always uh, – <clears throat> it's nice to stand in your backyard, but it's always a bit exhilarating to jump into someone else's and have a cruise. So I reckon you just need to step out, take the shoes off and get stuck in. You need to be a bit controversial. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, my bum's getting sore on this fence, so I better start, uh, you know, moving. And uh, <laughs> That's it. It's, it's like my boys said about the, the papers and articles and <clears throat> different things that come out. You know, if everything was honky-dory and lovely and really nice and heartfelt articles, do you reckon anyone would buy the paper? Mm. You know, not everyone, everyone would get a bit, you know, but make clickbait on the internet and everything now. Like, you click on things. Uh, interesting story that I read was... Well, it's not a not a good story, but um, the did you see that uh, player from Sale Sharks there in England has been accused of sort of sexual assault uh, on on a on a woman um, out or or something, and the press rocked up to Danny Cipriani's house. Oh yeah, and he's married. Yeah, and. And the wife's come out and been like, what's going on? And they're like, oh, you know, a player from Sale, because I think he's there at the moment, um, you know, has been accused of sexual assault. Was it you guys? And she's just like, no, you know, like, just had a, yeah, yeah. and they're just apparently, we're like, oh, okay, well, we just assumed, you know. And, but now, but now, like, they're tied to the article. Yeah. It's good, like, it's, it's not even him. It's apparently another player. They haven't named the player yet, but. But that's where I'm. But the first thing that I read was, you know, Danny Cipriani and sexual assault charge. Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, oh, well, no, like he's, you know, he's a bit controversial. He's been caught up in a little bit, the bloke. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have a bit of a read, see what he's up to. And then, yeah, it just said, oh, he was, yeah, it was his wife coming out, just being like, there's been all media at our house since four o'clock in the morning about some sexual assault charge. You know, we're at home with our kids asleep. But, Again, just clickbait stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. No one cares about the heartfelt, mess- the heartfelt messages and and stories. Yeah, yeah. It's like you, mate. You're in me. You want the juice. Yep, uh, that's why. Uh, it's like that story that you talked about uh, on army camp and uh, who did what. Uh, you know, there was no talk about it, but the 
uh, Twitterverse was just a buzz on who dropped the deuce um, and you dropped a few names and they might have not even been there, but they were right in the combo after that. So that's the thing. Eh? Once the media names it, then they're in the conversation. That's it. It doesn't matter if they were, were even close to it. If you, if you throw out a little bit of bait, the, the fish will come. But it was Grant Hadding or Wikesy, Sam Wikes. <laughs> um, and we're talking about the, uh, the poo at the uh, boot camp, not anything else. At sale or anything, just <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Sam Wikes, yeah, yeah, Sam Wikes for everything and for all the above, <laughs> but nice, man, nice. Um, well, yeah, I uh, like I said, thought, um, might also get your expert uh, expertise on a bit of code chat as well. But did you happen to watch any of the Div One games over the weekend? I did, I did. I don't have any Jace, oh, I've got a Jace Sports account. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I logged on. I was like, oh, I'll be able to log on on the, on the TV and off we go. And then I clicked on the uh, League One and then it hit me up with another charge and it was like you've got to pay 18 bucks or something. Yeah. I was just, nah, stuck is. I'm not doing that. So I got uh, Stan Sports, which is obviously the Australian coverage, and they usually cover the games that, you know, some of the Wallabies are playing in, you know, they, they covered the, uh, you know, the NTT game with Liam Gill and Izzy Falau there and and obviously the Suntory Toshiba game uh, with Samu and, and Shawnee McMahon and then the, uh, oh, what was the other game? Oh, and that, they'll obviously cover some Kobe games, I'm assuming, because of Bernard Foley and, yeah. and Ryan Crotty, you know, play there, so... But, mate, I did. I watched the NTT game, which was, mate, great. And obviously, you know, I don't want to talk down anyone, but Kobe aren't looking what they used to, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day when I played them last year. Mate, Cannon, it was 80 to 10 or something, and yeah. we just couldn't keep up. Like, it was, mate, an absolute pantsing. So, but, again, NTT, like, really strong, mate. Izzy Falau, awesome. You know, uh, like Jimmy Moore again. You know, they you sort of look at them across the board, and you sort of go like, yeah, okay, they've got good players in all the positions. And and what I noticed about the big games on the weekend, uh, and Panasonic will probably be the one. But I don't know if you've noticed the bench, mm-hmm. the benches that people are bringing on, like Suntory. Majority, I'd say, ninety percent of Suntory's bench Japanese were internationals and then you chuck in like Tavita Lee and yeah. and that and you just like oh. and then I had a look at Panasonic's team when they played their last trial and their whole bench was internationals. Yeah. I was like, oh and that's what you need. Like last 30, 20 minutes, like you're bringing on all internationals. That's when she's, you know, or you ask me good night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I watched, so, mate, the NTT game was awesome, obviously. Exciting exciting footy there at the end. You know, one phase to go, kick it out. They turn it over, you know, penalty after penalty, and then they score. I just thought, oh, you'd hate hate to be NTT, you know, 86, seven minutes. And old uh, Cruden, um, you know, had a bit of a swing and a miss, but that's footy. And, mate, that, uh, that first half of Toshiba Suntory was awesome hey i don't know if you watched it like that was uh that was exciting footy and like made like japanese wingers putting shots on Samu karevi and like going at it and like it was i don't think there was there was like one or two scrums in the first half Mm -hmm. 
So it just like that's what made like Suntory and all these teams could you, know, you drip you drip them in a Super Rugby and watch them go. Yeah, it'd be awesome. So so I didn't, and then obviously watch the highlights on uh, on Insta of, of a few other games. So like some awesome tries and so a good opening round of footy and like people are wanting like my mates at home. I'm in a group message and you know all the messages coming through being like, well, how do we like? How do we watch all the games like Div Two and stuff? You know that's what people are wanting to watch. Uh, they're wanting to watch the games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's nothing on at the moment. Obviously, Super Rugby's off and club hasn't started up at home, and then and people are just like frothing it. You know, sharing all tries and and stuff. So I think it, it's it's good. It's good for Japan rugby. Yeah, yeah. And mate, good to see you boys in Tetsu too. That's a pretty star-studded team. The old the uh, the liners. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, like like you said, it's all about um, just getting those international viewers. I think there's one thing that uh, the Japan League One wanted to do, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like they've sold a few games, like you said, to a few countries and stuff. But I don't know if any other countries actually can get the full coverage. Um, so it'll be like good to see um, them in the future just kind of sell all the rights to other countries so they can just watch all our games. Because eh? there's definitely a market for it. Yeah, and as soon as you open the market, like, and I know people want to now, but they're going to attract other countries and players are going to want to come here. And, look, to be honest, I think the world needs to open up like what Mats has done, Matsushima, and uh, a few other boys, like Japanese guys, like Aki Yamada going to America and, and obviously uh, Himeno going to the Landers. This, I've always said, and you heard me say to the Sunwolves, it's exactly what the Japanese players need to be doing, especially the international guys. You know, the like the Yutamura is neat. Well, he's at the back end, but you know, he he probably needed to go and play for Bath or something in the UK and uh, learn a bit about and just get like worldly experience about how things are run and learn English and and like him and those gone and mate killed it for the Highlanders and then yeah. come back and only going to be good for Toyota that he's done that. It's not like, hey, you know, we're paying you, like, you, where are you going? So, well, I'm going to get experience. I'm probably going to bring it back. And, you know, the smart teams link up, you know, together. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Hino had a thing with, um, not Hino, Yamaha had a thing with Toulouse at one point. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a few players went over and played in France and came back and and then they sent some French guys to Yamaha. So, like... It's it's what it's what needs to happen mm-hmm. because then yeah you get guys we had a there's a guy here number eight Shun went to Tokyo and that Matty, he's a big boy he's like 120 clicks and but he plays eight and ten for us sometimes but he's just got awesome skill like unreal passing and he kicks and stuff um, almost like a, a Berkey mm-hmm. in a way um, from Rico and. I said to the boys, I was like, man, he's got great skill, like uni and, and that. They said, no, he did a lot of schooling in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Like he did grade like 9, 10, 11 in New Zealand. His parents, his mum and dad were working over there. And then he obviously moved back um, to finish school and then university and that. So his English is all right. But I just said, oh, your skill is like, oh, yeah, just all my school from when I was in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty cool to see even like him going over to a, and playing like the difference in him and he was like if i didn't go i wouldn't be i wouldn't be near as good as i 
I like the way I play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Um, you always need that experience. I think we at the Boers have a kind of partnership with the Highlanders, but I think it started just before COVID. Yeah. Um, and obviously with COVID can't do any exchanges or anything. So haven't been yeah. able to make the most of it, but I think, uh, yeah, using those kind of pathways and stuff's real important. Uh, and obviously you can get foreign players in and they can kind of lift the, um, rugby around here, kind of similar to what you're doing, like over there, just leading by example and stuff. But the best way for the Japanese players to learn is to probably actually get into that environment themselves, eh, and just uh, live it. Yeah, and be be uncomfortable and and sort of just learn, you know, like not the Japanese way, just have a bit of a perspective on the what other countries are doing. Like for us as foreigners, we come here and we adapt to the way Japan rugby's played and the Japanese and the company and that, like. They also need to flip and move to Aussie or New Zealand or the UK or France and and adapt to how life is over there and experience it. Like that's what, and I say to a lot of people, you know, and and I always use the analogy of what happened at Docomo when uh, I think Jesse Creel was there at the time, Pollard, Etzebeth, like, you know, three of the like biggest players in the world at the moment, and. And they had a lot of other big foreigners and some Tongans and that, and they got relegated from top league down to se- uh, second division. Yeah. And um, my thing, and people always say like, oh, but they had the best players. And and I just said, oh, but they're Japanese. Got, it was the Japanese players. Mm. They said, oh, no, but like, mate, they got Etzebeth. I said, like, mate, they could have had Richie McCall playing for them and they probably still would have been relegated. But it's not that I'm putting blame onto that. Sometimes as a foreigner and what I've experienced here is sometimes everyone turns to the foreigner who's got experience and goes like, oi, dude, why aren't you doing something? Yeah. And you're sort of just like, well, it's not like I'm not trying. But, and you look at the best teams, the Suntories, the Panasonics, uh, the uh, Toyotas, like you look at their Japanese players and they're all internationals or guys that have been away and played in our experience, you know, and like if all the Japanese boys are on a high level and you drip feed in, yeah, you got like your guys, like it's just like you, what, what I saw Suntory do, I was just like, oh, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, definitely. Like when, they, when they put on their bench, like I played with all those guys, remember at the Sunwolves, like the whole front row was with us and, mm-hmm. They come on and we're just trucking like hard, and then you put Tavita Lee on, and it's just like, mate, it's just you're just sort of like, oh, and you and you saw it. They at sixty minutes they hit a gear that was just like, see ya, yeah, yeah, catch you later. Because there was a close game for a while, eh? That one uh, with Toshiba. I think Toshiba last season struggled a bit, but then, uh, yeah, it looked like they kept up with Sundari quite well. But then, like you said, when those reserves came on, they had a uh, Saito Naoto, the young half who's played for Japan and uh, yes. yeah, young ass, yeah. but played some wolves in Japan now. So great experience for him and him and all the other subs just came on and yeah, just turned it up. So uh, I think that's what you need. That's, uh, what I mean, we had. I was like Michael Little and uh, Jackson Hemipo on the bench on the weekend just because of how... Yeah, well, that's what I saw when you guys put your team out. I saw um, Hemson and Little, um, Mikey on the bench, and I was sort of, you know, because a lot of people would look at it and go, like, why aren't they starting? Mm-hmm. And then you got to think of it as, like, well, they've probably just gone, like, Kintetsu got, like, Quady and Willie G and, um, you know, Fafida there in the centres and... 
couple of Tongan, those Tongan boys in the back row and that, maybe they might start to gas out and we'll bring on our on our fresh legs and go for it and almost like made the difference there in the end. Yeah, um, and I guess that's one thing. Uh, you have to get that balance right. Now you can only get four uh, foreign players on the on yeah. the field and then maybe two on the bench. So it's just about... Uh, yeah, yeah, who's going to be a better start and who's going to be a better impact. And it probably changes every game. Uh, obviously not a coach. Yeah. yeah don't know uh, what every coach. No, no but it is, it is like, a, well, that that's the way, like, you got you almost got to change your team now to every game to who you're playing, you know, whether it's Suntory or if you're going to play, you know, like Rico, who's going to be a bigger forward pack. So you've got to start thinking of all that kind of stuff. And and the game's changed where, you know, the bench was almost made for the props. You know, we'll bring the props on because they'll gas out. Yeah. But at the moment, like, you've got props that are happy to play or can play 80 here. And they're almost – people are picking benches now who they, like, they're putting their best players on the bench sometimes to go, like, well, we know that these boys can do the job. But with 30 to go, we're just going to flush all these guys on and it should be, should be see you later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's that's the thought process that's actually going into games now. It's not like, hey, this is just our best team and but, you know, we, we don't have anyone on the bench, so you all got to go 80. Like, the thought process is just way different now. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, I guess with the foreign as well, if you're up against a team like... Like you see, Rico, maybe a Yamaha. If they've got a big forward pack, you might uh, stack the uh, foreigners in the forwards and go a three-one split or something. But if it's a team like uh, I don't know, like a Kintetsu who've you know got a stack backline, you might want to go with uh, the foreigners in the backline, and it might change every week, like you said. So there's definitely a lot of chess being played, and you never know who's going to be in the team over here until exactly 48 hours before the game. Eh? So you might be. I mean, Kintetsu might have been preparing all week for Mikey, and then he was on the bench and that's just, I guess, that poker that you have to play with everyone. Well, that's it. Then coaches love putting it out to the last minute, you know, or making little changes along the way. That's the the uh, the way that they love to do it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like it's probably the same with specials and stuff. Um, there's, it feels so good uh, when you've trained a special all week and then just comes off in a game. Eh? Um, obviously, the opposite happened to us where uh, the liners got a special offer. Uh, line out and scored and we're just like oh like uh feels a bit stink but nah it always feels good when those moves that you train a week come off the brownie specials mate the, true, the true. brownie special that was the best thing about leading into those weeks and brownie with his little ipad and he'd always rip it out it'd always be about five or six special plays and everyone was always keen for it you know and to be honest i think other teams they wouldn't they're just like okay so, like there'll be something all happen yes. just gotta be ready to ready to go because like something crazy is going to happen like tony brown's the coach and i think that's a credit to him yeah um must be so hard to like preview uh any team that he coaches a because you're like well they did this last week but they're probably never going to do it again kind of thing so yeah and then they do it again <laughs> yeah yeah and so yeah he gets you good on you brownie um did you see the score of your uh old team cannon i think they uh were up against nec they had lemmy NEC did at 10, which I thought was pretty interesting, but, um, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, your mate, you, Tamara, was it like his hundredth game or something as well? So it was his hundred, it was this, yeah, he was his hundredth game. I think he'd played, yeah, something, you know, like it was almost half and half really for NEC and, and then Canon, I think. So yeah, I sent him a text and 
you know, I, he, he got man of the match for that game and I just texted him and said, yeah, you're always going to get it. You know, you could have gone off in the first minute because it was your 100th, you were going to get it. And there was actually, I think, two other boys had their 50th, Junpei and uh, Toshiki Amano, the halfback. So, And that's the thing that sucks about COVID. Like, if you got uh, a guy playing his 100th game in the, the top league and then two guys playing 50s, you know, all in the backs, that's, you know, an awesome achievement and... Like that should have been really well celebrated with uh, with the team party and all that kind of stuff. And But that's the thing that sucks about the way that the world is at the moment. I said, oh, have you got anything planned? And he just said, we can't. Yeah. You know, we can't even we can't even get together and have a beer. So, you know, it's kind of a bit deflating mm-hmm. in a way. Like you, you have these huge milestones and then, you know, they, I said, well, what would you do? And they just said, oh, we showered suit on on the bus back in the car and I went home yeah. I was just like man that's fuck uh, yeah it's pretty like uh NTT com that's you know a famous win against Kobe um normally you know uh all around Disney Day and there yeah. have been uh foreigners you know just running around running rampant but probably weren't able to do that because uh, like and you can see how much of an impact it can have if you do do that and then have COVID like like Panner and Yamaha, you know, probably two weeks that they won't be able to get points and they've got zero and the opposition get five points. So it's a, yeah, it's a tough time we're in, eh? Yeah, it is. It's, I text some of the, you know, Liam Gill and Jimmy Moore and I just said, you great win, you guys on the Shinkansen. And they're just like, yeah, you know, we're just cruising back to, to Tokyo now and you know, Gill is relatively new to Japan and I just said oh mate I feel so sorry because he's like me he loves it he he, <laughs> he plays to do exactly what I love to do and get around the boys and have some uh, have some tubes on the Shinkansen and and or go back to someone's apartment and just music on and feed up and just sing some sing some drinks and um yeah he said to me one day he said mate you said Japan was fun but I just said oh sorry mate um and I said to him I, the other day, I just said, mate, literally on the shin, shinny from Kobe to back to Shinyasu, where you guys are, like you guys would have just pushed the boat out. Like you would have got back to Shinagawa or Tokyo Station and you would have hopped off just going, you would have had your wobblies on, um, you know, and then ducked into the conveni there at the Shinkansen Station and then gone on the locals all the way home, you know, having beers and chewing the fat with the boys and then it would have been a shower and where you off to next? And he was like, yeah, it just sucks that we're at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's what I, 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 I had some memorable. Um, we had, you know, win or loss. We'd always really, like, be looking forward to the to the shinny, you know, the, the little lady in the cart. She, you want a drink? And we'd say, can we have, like, 20, 25? And he'd be like, oh, like, 25? Like, yeah, yeah. And she'd go back and end up grabbing the carton from the little room and just sell us the carton. Oh man, um, well I was, uh, I think before all this like kicked off, you know, I went on a shink uh, with our coach one time and, you know, it was uh, maybe a two, no, 90 minute shink and I was like, oh yeah, I might get three beers, but the guy was just like, oh yeah, I'll buy them for us and he bought, you know, buying uh, 16 beers, I think for the 90 minute uh, trip, just so, and I was like, <laughs> So I had to just try and drink eight in a yeah eight and ninety minutes. Uh, I think I only ended up getting down Easy. five or six, uh, and he oh. yeah smashed them. So you're uh, still a lot. You're to you're mate. Nah, you're you're all good, mate. Hey, you you, you did it quite wisely. You you know five or six, and then you've got three for the local. Like yeah, um, you know it's it's all good. It's sort of 
smart drinking in a way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still like an hour from Shin Yokohama to wherever I am. So if I ever do it, uh, yeah, once all this settles down, then it's just all about making sure you've got drinks until you get to your door, I think. so. Yeah, that's it. It's because it's so deflating when you're flying on the shink and you get off and then you're on your local for an hour and you haven't got anything and all the boys are just sitting there. You're just like, man, we were pumping it up. And then you're a bit, you know, deflated on the local and then you hit your stride when you get home again. We had the old chicken shop there at Wakabadai mm-hmm. where the Suntory boys and the Cannon boys used to tee off. So we'd make sure have a couple more drinks on the local, get home, bags upstairs, and then it'll be straight down to the chook shop. Nice. Into it. Yeah, um, it's something that I never really experienced in in NZ because there's, you know, like bands everywhere, can't really drink out. But that was one of my favourite parts about Japan. Like after even just a club game that I'd play, we'd just sit outside of the station and just watch people while we just drink our nine bangers, 9% chew highs, and just uh, go to town, eh? Nothing better than watching people. That's one of my favourite pastimes is sitting and just watching people. I can do it for hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah, man, it's pretty interesting, especially over here, run keeps themselves, but just always uh, imagine what all these people are, like, going through, eh? or, like, what they're thinking, and there could be, uh, you know, some pretty uh, weird people or some pretty, uh, you know, famous people that you never know. So, man, it's uh, that's the life, man, that's the life. People, mate, people in general, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. But then again, what are people, mate, if I saw you out in the street, I'd be like, look at this sleazy little scumbag. <laughs> and then what would you think about me if I was just walking through the street? You'd probably be giving me shit too. I'd be uh, crossing the road before we cross paths, man. I'd just be getting on the other side of like, no, I can't interact with this guy. He looks too scary. No, you'd be like, oh, this guy looks like some good fun, eh? Let's go. <laughs> yeah, we'd be, uh, what? I'm pretty sure when we first met uh, Sunny's as well, you just like, oh, let's... Uh, go to this cafe or whatever, end up not being cafe. And uh, it might have been after the game. He might have had a few beers or something. And I was just like, this guy's all right. Uh, he likes a beer, so. It's good to know. It's good to know. But I'm not, I'm, I feel like I'm pretty easy to get along with. Um, but, yeah, I mean, no. I don't know. At the start of this potty, we were talking about how everyone hates you, and I guess it's like love-hate, you know, everyone, because you're so good to get along with, everyone knows they can rip in and, you know, you'll uh, take it and you'll give it back just as hard, and that's what everyone wants, I think, so. Yeah, I'm, yeah. well, like, I, I always have said that the world hates me and everyone hates me, but I think it's hate in a good way. As you said, you know, people, I mean, you can say whatever you want to me, I just, <laughs> I just couldn't care less. Yeah. I'm, but but then again, I'm just like I like it because I'm insulting people all the time. Mm-hmm. It took me like three days to insult someone here at the team, and they just didn't know how to take it. And I was like, no, no, I'm like, I'm joking, you know. And then just, uh, like even the physios and that with my knee, my knee was a bit sore, and I walked in and I was like, ah, you know, like making a joke, and then they were freaking out that I they thought I'd done my knee again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then i was like oh i got it it's just me joking and they're like okay and then out on the field i ran we were warming up and then i like went down and just sat down and was holding my knee and they like ran the stretcher out and i was like i'm just joking and i was like no i gotta stop doing that to these guys like it's not fair to them oh um, yeah and then something's gonna happen in the game and they're just gonna leave you just there like oh, yeah mate I'll, I'll, I'll break my leg and they just like yo this guy's all good he's just doing up <laughs> oh but yeah i mean you got to pass the time. You got to make it funny. It's uh, you got to enjoy your job, and I think that's the best way to do it. That's what I always said at training, and I even said to them, like if if I wasn't having fun and being able to muck around and look, it's hard now, but like having tins with guys and 
doing all that kind of stuff, then I just wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, I just love, I, that's why I love hanging shit on people and, and all the little jokes. Like I've got a joke going on with one of the boys. He doesn't know it's me. Uh, he's a real nice dude. I keep um, pulling up his windscreen wipers and just throwing heaps of shit. He's just bought a new car. Yeah. And so I just sort of smash his car up a bit. <laughs> and like I watch him outside, he comes out and he looks and he freaks out. He's like, oh, fuck, like sort of trying to work out who it is. And the boys are saying it's me. And I just keep saying, Matt, I'm new. Like I don't even really know you. Like I wouldn't touch your car. And, yeah. And stuff, and they always steal people's gear, and you know, get get some little games going on. I'm already getting stuck into the backs about them taking too long in the gym and stuff. And that boys just sort of, I reckon they think I'm off my head, eh? Yeah, I think uh, I know why people hate you now. hundred percent, hundred percent. I hate me. I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I like get out of the shower, and I'm just like, fuck sakes, like look at you. I'm like, no, nah, you're all good, bud. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just no, say no. a bit of an insult back and forth, and and then I'll go use the um the almighty Dougie coffee machine. Yeah, nice. Sponsored. How good? How good? Um, yeah. Well, I uh, I've definitely got to come down, try that coffee machine, and then uh, meet the guys at uh, the Red Regulines as well. Seems like a good bunch of boys. A lot of people have been asking me questions, and I haven't really got down to the. Well, I'm going to need to ask. A lot of people from home have asked me what a regulion is. You know, what's a regulion? And I just gone with the, you know, me, I don't, I, I let a little bit of a lie creep into every story just to make it better. And I've just said, oh, apparently it just means you're just your stock standard regular lion. And they're just like, you're kidding me. And <laughs> like nothing, you know. And I just said, yeah, apparently. They, when they were coming up with it, they said, you know, do we want a massive lion or one with metal on it or we're an energy team, like energy bolts? And and apparently the big bosses are just a regular lion and they took that literally and it's called the regulines. And all the boys at home are like, get out, that is that sucks. I was like, mate, it's strange, but it's all like, you know, the, the logo looks good. Yeah. So everyone's under the impression that it's just a regular stock standard lion. Oh, yeah. As a mascot, I kind of, I can't think of a better explanation. I eh? like, I just thought about it now. I was like, "What the hell is a regulon?" Uh, Regu probably is short for something in Japan, but it was probably originally like French or something. They, you know, in Japan, love taking little words from a different language and then just making it their own. Eh? So, um, I bet there's some. What is is Regu anything? I don't know. Um, I mean, it might even be on their website, but I'll have a look at. Eh? Um, to see if we can get to the bottom of this. This can be what this whole podcast was for. Uh, in. It's like a, it's like a, I've always been quite interested to know what a dinobore is. Oh, yeah. It's a dynamic boar, mate. Well, I thought it was more prehistoric. It's a dinosaur boar, like, you know? <laughs> that also a bit, a bit of a cross. Mate, there's a couple, there's a, like, whatever Toshiba's, I can't even say it, the Brave Lupus or whatever. Brave Lupus. Whatever Lupus is. Whatever lupus is, is on beyond me. Um, and a sun goliath oh. beyond me. Yeah, I think, uh, oh, here we go. Oh, 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 uh, oh. Have you worked it out? Apparently there's like a star called Regulus, and it's that with a lion. So that's why there's a star in the logo as well. I've got a little ball here sitting on my TV stand, and I can see the star in behind. Mm-hmm. The lion, and there's a star going through the red. Yep, um, it's uh, 
Yeah, it's the brightest object in oh in the constellation Leo. There you go. There you go. <laughs> oh mate, this is done. Wait, thanks for looking that up because I'd say 120% of Australians think that that I've told that it's just a regular lion. And I'm probably gonna stick with it. Yep. Because like, you know, if I tell someone, hey, you know, you're playing for this new team and you know, what's the regular lion, mate? Just and I, you know, spin the story that I just spun you. Or I say it's actually Regulus. It's a star in the solar system, Leo. That'd be like um, cool story, mate. <laughs> yeah, no lions up there. Yeah. So probably uh, look, or I might even just morph the two. Yeah. Might morph the two and 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 say yeah. Okay. Thanks for looking that up, mate. That's actually quite interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna quiz some of the boys to see if they actually know and understand know the. Um, the true meaning of the regu lion. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the culture, right? Eh? Like you need to know your origin, need to know your past. So Yeah. Nice. I don't know my past. Yeah. Uh, Irish scumbag. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's a dark past uh, for, in some cases. Eh? But I think uh, if you, it seems like uh, you've got a bit of time, you see your training maybe two or three days a week. But if you're keen, uh, definitely keen to keep you know, like you say, chewing the fat. Have to make it a weekly basis. Find out a night where we can both have a few beers, which I think will be most nights, uh, and then just talk a little bit of rugby, talk ninety percent stories, and just see uh, how the listeners take it, how the community take it. Yeah, mate. As I said, I'm always keen, and I'm always keen to be your, you know, your predecessor, your, your, your the guy under you. Your, I'll be your co-hi, and mate, we can get other people on, and because I, I love trying to stitch people up and bring the worst out in people. Yeah. I love people that go on podcasts and you listen to them and you go, no, that's not them. You know, they're not that kind of person. Like, I, you know, when I've listened to other people do potties and stuff and you sort of go, oh. and I, I'm keen to just try to undo blokes. Not that it's undoing blokes, but the world's got to know who you are. Yeah. Um, the good, bad, or the ugly yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, I guess we won't, obviously, you know, the media, I guess people kind of shut out a bit because the media will ask one question, then get a answer and then just run with it and just make a whole article about it when that, you know, wasn't really what the person meant. And that's the good thing when, you know, you got us, I guess, editing these things. Um, you know, if there's ever anything that uh, you'd never take anything out of context either. And it's all about learning about the real person. Um no Japanese, you know, fans uh, might know. Oh, sorry, a lot of the Japanese fans might not know who Quirky is, or sorry, Kaki is in real life. Uh, but if they can speak English and they listen to this, then uh, you know they'll be able to learn a bit more. So it's all about you know learning who you are, because everyone's human, and it's important to know uh, who you are and what you're about. Eh? Yeah, and the the Japanese know Kaki is Kaki. I want them to know me as the 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 low scumbag I am. Yeah, there's too much respect. I want, I want the them to be. Now. I want them to be. Yeah, there's just too much respect, and I, I want people to be insulting me at games. That's the only reason I play. Like when we'd go and play Super Rugby in New South Wales or whatever or Canberra, I used to absolutely pop it, and it it made me so happy. Like just the insults were awesome. Yeah. Um. You know, like just and like majority of the time, it's it's G-rated humor and. Or like, or not, um, if you're going to South Africa. But, uh, yeah, I've had some crackers, mate, like just in Canberra. 
and I give it back just as much, you know, like, and, and half the time, that's why people go to the game, interact with the players and stuff. Yeah. You know, I had, a, I had a good one, one night in Canberra, I was on the bench and I had my, I was, had my hand on the, um, the railing and, and all this. And a guy just put his hand on mine and, um, and just looked at me and I just interlocked fingers with him. <laughs> and then, uh, he just looked at me and I just said, I love you and just jogged off. And, um, he was like, you know, a bit confused and then came back and doing some leg swings and, and they were getting stuck into me about having red hair and, and all this. And, um, I think one of his daughters or it must've been his daughter, he was into me, tucking into me about, you know, like surely and they must've seen a photo like, mate, you know, you, you gotta be adopted, mate. I've seen your parents. I've seen your brothers. Like you're the only redhead, mate. Redheads are scumbags of the earth, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just swinging my leg, just nodding away. And, and he's tucking into me, and then I just said, "Oh well, mate, it looks like um, that little is that your girl?" And he was just like, "Yeah," I said, "Oh, she must be mine." Um, yeah, she had red hair. And I just <laughs> said, "Hey, how old? Are you? How old are you?" And she said two. And I just said, oh, "I was down here two years ago playing the Brumbies." <laughs> and yeah, all these mates were just like, "Oh sh- shit," you know. And he was like, "No, you can't be doing that." I was just like, "Mate, yeah, come on, you you got to be able to cop it." Yeah, yeah. And that, and then, um, and I just said, um, I just said, like, just made a joke. I said, say goodbye to dad. You know, I'm just about to go on. And that, and he was just, he was a couple of profanities, yeah. but uh, mate, that's like, you know, and then I went over after the game and, you know, like had a bit of a joke with him and that, and he was like, mate, that was all time. And I was just, you know, no worries. Yeah. I've had a beer or two with some fans after, at the Reds, you know, winning a good game and going over for a photo and, you know, some young kids just giving me a frothy. I've just banged it there and then, you know, and they're sort of just like, yo, you know. Yeah. So I just, you look at the players around the world that are good at doing that and they've got a big following. I look at that Joe Marler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mate, he's awesome. Like, spends a lot of time. I saw actually a good photo of him. He got subbed and he was walking back and there was a, a disa- young disabled girl in a wheelchair, you know, obviously close to the, the side. And and he just went, like, there was 20 minutes to go in the game and he just went and sat with her for the rest of the 20 minutes wow. and watched the game with her and was just chewing the fat with her. Yeah. And, and the game finished and gave her a hug and he went back on and started shaking everyone's hands. Yeah, wow. You know, and then he's done some crazy stuff as well. Like, But I look at that and I'm just like, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I think I remember uh, after I met you and then the first game, uh, Coke versus Cannon, you were sitting in the stands, uh, probably injured or, you know, out of form like always, but I uh, was yelling at you. Like, <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> but you can't be out of form when you're never in form. Yeah, true, true. Oh, you're smart beating the system. But um, no, I think we'd like just scored a try or something and it's like, man, we're on here. Don't know if we'd ever beaten Cannon or I hadn't in ages and like, yo, Kirky. Kaki, you know, um, but then you guys scored. I think Saya scored about four tries in three minutes or something. Um, obviously, what he does, and then I could just hear you. I was running water, could just hear your voice for the what 70 minutes afterwards. And I was just like, Man, I've opened a can of worms. I've spoken way too early here, and the team hasn't delivered. Well, I'm a, I'm a big insult guy, I love insulting the other team and you know, saying some weird stuff. So, I think, yeah, I think I remember that story clear as day. You ended up giving me a couple of winks when you were running the water out after you scored, and then the floodgates opened. And I think, uh, yeah, as you said, mate, the, the verbal the verbal attacks, the aerial attacks started coming, but that's just me. Like, we played uh, 
trial game against Mitsubishi a couple of years ago and our translator used his brother is the one of the trainers there. Yeah. And uh, he came over and they said hello to each other and and he was like, oh, hello, nice to meet you. And I don't know why I said it. I was like, oh, you the shit brother. You're, you suck, mate. Get out of here. And he was just like, oh, okay. And I was like, hurry up. You're on our side. And I grabbed my water bottle and I sprayed him and Yus was just like, what are you doing? And I was like, what? And he's like, oh, yeah, like he's my brother, but like, oh, you can't do that. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't know. He'll be rattled. I was like, isn't that the, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. I, I didn't punch him in the. I didn't punch him in the back of the head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, like every time he ran the water on, I was into him. You know, he used to keep telling me stories like, "How's your girlfriend going?" He's like, "What?" And he was sort of. You could see he was just confused. He was just like, "What's this like guy in the middle of a game talking about me?" <laughs> kind of. But then again, if you watch some stuff on that uh, Chad Johnson Ocho Cinco, he's the king of the. He calls it the G-rated insult. Like, never said anything bad to anyone about parents or partners or that. He just spoke some weird stuff, told guys he loved them all the time. And he just said, I knew when a guy would talk back to me that I knew I was in their head and we we were going to win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I watched his stuff a bit and I was like, yeah. And, and, you know, I think boys would have told you many times of my um, R-rated groping on the field and you would have been present for one when Cannon played Coke years ago and uh, William Tupo and Timmy Lafayette were there and I ended up cleaning Toops out and grabbed him on the old fella and ended up undoing Timmy's shoelaces at the ruck and then grabbed and then, you know, gave him a bit of a jab in the, uh, in the, in the hole there at the back and they both hopped up and were just shaking their heads just and, I think Toops said to the ref, how can you get away with this? And I was like, what? You know, are you going to tell the ref what happened? And he's like, I don't know. I was like, you can't get yellow carded for that. Did I hurt you? And he's like, nah, you didn't. You know, so that's what I'm about. I'm about just the weird stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, um, like you said, it's all about you got to win that battle uh, before it's fought sometime, and that's the best way to do it. But no, I never actually heard that story, so I think those two had kept it quite quiet. Might have to, uh, yeah. Clip this and then make, uh, well, take the Well, you've seen, uh, you've seen Hopawati, you know, the rugby league player over time. He was obviously well known for his aggressive assaults yep. um, rectally, but I'm more of a, a gentle, gentle stroke. Um, but if, if you do it to a random guy, the look they give you, and then for the rest of the game, they're almost so confused at being like, they're like, what? Like, you know? And I'm just as straight as it comes, like as if it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so like in that guy's mind, Japanese or whatever, they're just like, man, did that guy actually just do that? <laughs> and then they might forget their role or something and then you're in their head, you've won. That's it. Hey, if they're talking about me after the game, I've done my job. Yeah, nice, nice. In a good way in the change room. <laughs> see that num- do you see that number seven? He grabbed me on the old fella. And he smiled, yeah, and then he never spoke to me again. I'll just be like, it's my life, man. Oh, man. Man, this has been a great quality as always. I think it's been the perfect ratio of uh, rugby chat to life chat as well. So, again, if you are keen, you have to make this a weekly segment. Um, and, yeah, definitely have to go from there. But uh, I know you'll probably have endless stories. We could do this every week, and you won't run out for the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, I'm sure the fans will love it. 
Well, as the boys always say to me, they reckon I just sort of, I kind of rinse my stories and then flip them, add in some extras and then like, yeah, I'm, I'm the ultimate recycling bin when it comes to stories. You know, I might, I might drop a couple of ones you've heard, but I usually can easily tang them up and flip them and everyone thinks it's a brand new story. Yeah, nice, nice. I think we're going to need a bit of that this season, especially uh, if we keep getting cancellations and stuff. Everyone's going to need those, uh, you know, their mood heightened and everyone's going to want to be happy and stuff. And that's the best way to do it. Listen to an hour of us chatting, me just laughing at your jokes and, uh, yeah, ripping into each other. Uh, and I think the more we do this, the more beers we have while we do it. Obviously, this one's a sober one the first night. But I think, uh, yeah, towards the end, we'll probably just be yelling at each other. So can't wait. If you if you can drip feed a, if you can drip feed a couple of guys uh, in throughout, I reckon towards the end, as, as I said, it could be horrifically like a massive aerial assault. <laughs> Mate, if you ch- if you chuck King if the King of the Angry Mister Angus himself will turpo in here, I reckon I could have him sparked within ten minutes and off within fifteen, and that's like a and that's. For you listeners out there, I reckon that's a guaranteed bet. If you'd like, I reckon I'm paying 93 cents wow. to have two, two wound up that he actually gets off. Nice. Um, yeah, well, I think that's definitely the way to go. You uh, have a lot of mates over here, a lot of guys you can talk about. And, um, yeah, there's so many ways you can watch the highlights. And, you know, there's so many shows just talking about the rugby chat. But we want to hear a, a bit more, you know, under that, dive a bit deeper. And I think that's the best way to do it, to annoy guys uh, who come on as guests and they'll never return again but all you need is for them to come on once and uh yeah you've got a great show i'll tell you an honorary guest of sam wikes would probably be to be honest that's someone who'd be pretty pretty good at undoing me they uh he's done his uh podcast with his mate a couple of times and obviously did that one at uh the summers when i was there with you mm-hmm. with them and it was more sort of heartfelt and um some sort of deeper stories into my journey but uh for someone who that i can sit down and just talk to and stories slowly flow out it's it's him and yeah there's some there's some great content there yeah nice uh definitely definitely have to uh get on to that eh? i'll start getting a list of uh all the people we have to get on and we can make it yeah have a guest almost every week or every second week or something and just make it a something special for sure. But with Wikesy, he's always a handout, never up kind of guy. So uh, I don't know what he would be after, but he's always after something. Yes. Free pair of shoes, a drink, something. He's the king of handout, never up. So just, you know, if you if you do approach him to, to come on, just be prepared to uh to have to have something, you know, if he could reach through the camera and grab something there from your back shelf, he would. So just got to be a bit careful. Yeah, we'll have to uh, probably the next month. It won't be this show's brought to you by NR Pro. It'll be brought to you by Wikesy kind of thing. And he'll be the main sponsor for a month. Mate, he won't be sponsoring anything, that bloke. <laughs> He's still got the same shoes that I gave him on the, the second year of the Sunwolves. So. Oh, wow. Um, but, yeah, well, I guess uh, I'll just have to, uh, you know, send you a cheeky message, get that same Adidas guy to not... Um, deliver boots and then we'll just say they're on their way and we'll be away. That's it. That's it. We'll just disappoint them that way. 
Vanashi. Um, I know you've had a big day. Uh, we didn't, uh, we talked about it at the start before you knew we were rolling. So, um, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it. But, uh, you've had a big day of shooting of, um, Ohime Sama duck going people and. <laughs> Oi, I need to learn that phrase because I'm just going to run around Hiroshima doing that to people. <laughs> just like, mate, imagine running up to a girl who's just cruising or you know, not having a good day and just whacking her up there and whispering that in her ear and putting her down. She's going to go home on the denture being like, fuck, I'm a princess. You know, what it like? Just had a guy come and princess lift me up. I feel a million bucks. Uh, I might even start doing it to dudes. Does it Does it correlate with men? Uh, I've never seen it, but it's that a new trend. Yeah, true. I, I reckon if I pick someone up, I'm going to get headlocked or a couple of... Couple of short uppercuts. Yeah. Um, I might just might just do it to to the women. Yeah, yeah. If well, I can yeah. just whisper down there, just say like, I don't know if you're having a bad day, but I wanted to make you feel like a princess today. Enjoy your night. Yeah, nice. But I'll probably do it two or three times, and then, um, mate, I'll be the next person in the league one to be in the headlines for being under arrest for assault. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Um, the girls will either be like, oh yes, that's a uh, kakusan, or they were on the train home being like, thank God that guy's behind bars now kind of thing. So can you think? <laughs> thank God that guy's doing life for picking me up and dropping me on the ground and saying, oi, you're a princess now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, in English it doesn't quite uh, translate as, you know. Imagine imagine in New Zealand or in Australia me running up, picking up a lady and going, oi, my princess lifted you up. I hope you feel better, mate. You would absolutely cop a physical verbal barrage from these ladies oh, man i uh i think in japan during the world cup i basically uh almost got kicked out of a bar after a game in osaka because you know the bar was packed i was like trying to get through and then like just brushed a girl or something they just said don't touch me and then they said there's my boyfriend over there and he's gonna knock you out or something and i was just like oh i don't know what's happening and then 30 minutes later she came over to me and had the bar owner they're trying to get me kicked out kind of thing and uh i was just like man uh even when it's like foreign bars over here uh and foreign people you know even just brushing up against someone accidentally gets you kicked out so i don't know how i will go down in a uh, auckland downtown auckland there <laughs> I reckon you'd need you'd have a, a visit at the dentist in the morning. I reckon if you did it down downtown Auckland, unless you're with Liaki Molly and he was your your sponsor man in in the club, he was looking after you. So, yeah. but uh, yeah, that's strange. Look, to be honest, there's if, look if we're going to be honest, when you say you brushed up against this girl, did you lead with your pelvis and stay there for two minutes? Or <laughs> yeah, um, I had hands up, but that wasn't the problem. <laughs> It wasn't the it wasn't the problem. It was that that you stood there for for two minutes, um, staring at her. Yeah, it's that uh, meme that you see of like the real drunk guy just with his mouth and the chick's ear, and she's not having a bar of it. That's what I do all night. So yeah, yeah. So you, mate, your Swiss cheese. There's too many holes in your stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's two sides. You've got to always be the tatemai, the person in front, like that you show to people in Japan, and then. Uh, when you go home, you show your real self. So I think that's what this podcast can be about, showing your real self. Is there actually, is that actually a saying that you got the side of, 
that you want people to see, and then when you go home, you just you be a ba- you be a bag of balls. Yeah, or <laughs> not uh, directly a bag of balls, but um, yeah, there's a side that you show people in public, and then there's a side you show like just your family, and then there's also supposed to be a side that you show no one it's just for yourself kind of thing so that's why you know outside there's people being so polite and stuff uh because they've got that tatemai kind of culture and um that's not really them and uh you can kind of see it sometimes when people are always apologizing and stuff and then after a few beers they get all like crazy and you know angry and stuff and you're like oh that's the real you kind of thing okay so what's it called uh, tatemai yeah tatemai is because tate is like kind of the front or uh like yeah what you show the front the tatemai um so you can just kind of talk about how someone's just only showing their tatemai to you and uh yeah i'd say that to the boys eh? might use that one yeah. catch them off guard yeah. oh to be honest i i got no i got no tatemai about me i'm just whatever well, I, I don't think, think i've got a piece of tatemai in me that's probably um yeah the big thing especially if there's never been foreigners at Chudan where they're probably like expecting a bit of tatemai and then they get a the full you straight away and maybe that's why they were like well well i think i think that was the thing i i had like a couple of days and then we went out on the gas the first weekend i was here and we just pushed it out and i was like physically assaulting these some of the boys like having the best time playing drinking games and like towards the end when we're at our third place we're at this sort of um like chicken store and had we had about 10 or 15 different rules and games and that. And the boys were just like, man, you're an asshole. And I was just, I was just enforcing every rule and sculling and everything. And we ended up going out to some club and, you know, was just into it. And, but like, I think they loved it. You know, I just got, I knew I'd known them for four days and they were just like, come to this um, Okonomiyaki place and we'll cook up and, and then we'll go to this other these other two places we usually go to and then we'll see where we're at. And I just sort of just lapped it up, just enjoyed it, you know, with a, with a good crew. And then sort of the other crew that are all sort of hang around each other and that they've sort of thrown a line out to me and Hey, we'll, um, after the game against, um, Cuden, we'll, uh, we'll have a couple of drinks and we did the same thing and just got stuck in and a couple of different games and some funny stuff. So, Mate, I've, as I've said to you before, like it's the universal way to build friends is just getting together over a meal and and some and some drinks and just getting stuck in because there's no tatemai. It's you work out who everyone is really, and guys get really drunk and aggressive and whatever. You you know who you're dealing with, and you've got guys who are shy, or you've got guys who love it. Yeah, yeah. You can really work out what's going on. Yeah, nice man, nice. I, I worked out. I worked out. You're an absolute asshole the first time I drank with you, but we got we we worked it out. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what all my mates say. Like, uh, people who first meet me, or like you know, people who don't know me that well. Like, oh, he's so nice. He's so nice. But my best mate and uh, who's living in Aussie's like, you don't know the real Doug. He's an asshole. Kind of thing. So, hundred percent. I mate, I couldn't agree more. But that's what that, I like it. I like it. People say mate you're an asshole and then when i drink with you you're an asshole so it's all good i've just learned to live with it yeah yeah oh well that's all you can do uh but yeah again sorry i've i finished us off for the day and then i asked you a question and then we talk for another 20 minutes no mate what about what about me i like you you were slowly you're like okay mate thanks we we got to do this more and blah 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 and then i'm just like 
Boys, so what about I got this story, mate? You, you're the one that's got to. You got to. If we're going to be doing this segment, you've got to cut me off. Yeah, I'll use the. You just call it the cut. The cut off car. Just be like, nah, you're done. No more. Shush. I'm signing off. The buttons. I'll just be like. And then... Oh, don't do that. It makes you want to go out. Is that DJ <laughs> noise? Yeah, I pushed the wrong one. Damn it! I had to do a soothing one. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. Put no. me to sleep or something. Thanks again, Nan, and uh, definitely have to do this again next week. Make sure you follow uh, the Japan Rugby League one. They've got an English Instagram page that shows all the highlights and stuff, uh, and it goes pretty good. They have all the highlights on YouTube. They've got a few of the games in Aussie and New Zealand and stuff like that. I think uh, you can watch – you might not be able to watch too many of the Div 2 ones, but you can watch a lot of the Div 1 ones. So, uh, yeah, and then you'll get – 10% rugby, 90% life in Japan chat here every week. Uh, so make sure you keep tuning in and uh, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for listening to another episode of the JRW podcast. Make sure to rate and share the pod if you enjoy it. And don't forget to use code JRW15 at the ANR Pro checkout for a 15% discount. Arigats, I'll talk to you next week. <laughs>